Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. Today, we have one of my favorite people in the ancestral space, Karen Martell. You can go to Karen Martell, M-A-R-T-E-L dot com or check her out on Instagram, Karen Martell Nutrition. She was also on a previous episode of the podcast. That's episode 253 if you want to learn more about her journey. Um, and I've also been on her podcast many times. Definitely check her out. She's done amazing interviews. And we also both did Rise Up and Kick Ass, a women's empowerment project. All of those videos and interviews are free on YouTube. Welcome back, Karen. Uh, thanks for having me, Al. Always good to chat with you. You too. So today we're really going to talk about diet variation and hormone health to optimize weight loss on ancestral diets. Mm-hmm. Where do we where do we start? Oh, where do we start? I could go forever on this, but well, I'll, I'll tell you kind of my journey up until like what's been happening in my practice and in my membership group for the last couple of years because I, you know, I've been on paleo myself for over 10 years. I've been toying, I've been on and off keto now for several years and I have keto meal plans, I've got keto programs, I've got paleo programs, I've got a membership that I used to offer both paleo and ketogenic meal plans through and I had clients that I was putting on keto for the last two years. And I started to see something and I, (laughs) this trend that was happening with women. Now I, my specialty is of course, weight loss resistance. So I would get these women in that would not be able to lose weight no matter what they did. I could put them on a ketogenic diet and I'm going to specifically talk keto here because it is kind of all the rage. It's not that this can't happen on other diets like paleo, but I just see it more and more with keto than any other diet that I've utilized before in the past. So what I started seeing Al was women on these ketogenic diets, they would hop onto a ketogenic diet and it was like a freaking miracle would happen in their body. It was like for for the first time in their life, they had no sugar addiction. They had control over the food they were eating. They felt satisfied with the food they were eating. They were just drop. They would drop so much weight so quickly. And within the first few months of being on it, their energy would come back. Their digestive system would get better. Their head would clear. I mean, all of your listeners know the benefits of the ketogenic diet when you first switch to it. It is very miraculous and it feels amazing. And then what I started to notice over the years was the same trend would happen. And I'm talking like 90 to 95% of my clients where the keto diet would work these miracles for them for the first couple of months. They would lose, they would lose all this weight. They'd feel so great. And then it would all come to a screeching halt. And anywhere from like three to six months seemed to be what was most common. And these women would stick with it because it was so great in the beginning. And they still had a lot of the benefits, the, the clear head, the energy, the lowered inflammation, the control around food. And so they would stick with it. And they would be like, why am I not losing weight? I stopped losing weight, Karen. And, and uh, you know, then they would do what every person does. And you can go into any keto forum and you see all of these people typing in, I've, weight lo- I've hit a weight loss plateau, what do I do? And the advice that everybody gives and that what everybody does is lower your carb count, start fasting. I would actually be giving like totally opposite advice. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yes, we would, but not everybody else. Right? Well, okay. So let let me ask you this. So what do you think? So here's the thing. There are lots of people who benefit from this. There's been 20 years. They've been like a straight up carnivore. And and yeah, look, so everyone's different, right? We're not prescribing keto or carnivore for anyone unless they need it. But here's the thing. And this kind of goes back to what Mark talks about, which is flexibility, metabolic flexibility. So that's not happening if you're strict keto. I can also see some pitfalls where people are eating too much of one kind of fat. They might also not be, since keto is so satiating and you can kind of get into that, and then if you hit a plateau, you might lessen the calories. Now you've kind of sent maybe a starvation signal that can screw stuff up. So those are the things I'm thinking off right off the bat. What do you think's happening when to women's hormones in these scenarios? And again, we're not talking all women, but in these scenarios where, where this happens, 
what do you think is the issue here? Yeah, and that's a good point. This is not, I'm not saying 100% across the board. Like I said, I work with women with weight loss resistance. They're coming to me for that specific reason. They're coming to me because they already have uh, hormone imbalance going on. So they're seeking out help with that. So, and yes, you're right, carnivore, all of those things. Like some people have flourished for 10 plus years on keto, 20 years on keto, and are doing just fine. So just generalization, if this is you, listener, (laughs) where you did keto or you are doing keto and you've hit that plateau. There's a few things that are going on here. And like Elle said, it is, it does have to do with metabolic flexibility, but it also has to do with stress on your system. Now, our body can go into ketosis for a reason. We put that, that our body built that mechanism in order to survive so that when winter hit and there was no fruit around and there wasn't, you know, all this food to be had, that your body wouldn't die, that when there wasn't food around, that you could tap into your fat stores and utilize it. So this was a preservation. This was a don't die mechanism. And that's what it was used for. And so what what do you think would have happened? So let's go back to whole ancestral health here. What do you think would have happened if the person was didn't have a lot of food around and was signaling to the body. So A, your metabolism would come down because there's not a lot of food around. That's what that's what your body thinks anyways. And when you're following a ketogenic diet, what's one of the reasons why it works so well is it naturally lowers your caloric intake without trying because the foods are satiating. We're not spiking blood sugar anymore, right? So naturally food consumption goes down. There's many, many women that I talk with when they come in and they have this keto stall and I ask them to tell me what they're eating in a day. And they're eating on average between their fasting and their keto diet, they're averaging about 700 calories a day. So what do you think that's going to tell your body? That and that's the problem. And that's where, you know what, look, even Brad Kearns ran into that himself because he was accidentally over-exercising doing uh, speed golf <laughs> while he was doing keto. And when we looked at it, everything, and his testosterone went down, he's talked about it. I'm not saying yes. anything he, he wouldn't already say. And his testosterone went down. And then we, we were talking about it. I was like, hey, man, I, I think you might be like accidentally overtraining on this program and oversatiated. I'm like, what are you eating? You're right. He just wasn't getting enough calories and he wasn't getting enough rest because he was just so excited having fun with speed golf, not kind of thinking it was turning into a little bit of what he (laughs) preaches against, which is chronic cardio. And so once he chilled out, his testosterone at the age of 54, I think he's 55 now, or 53, whatever it was, shot right back up to high school levels because he just had to take a look at the caloric intake. So again, it's not demonizing keto, it's demonizing the way you're doing it. And also, like you said, there still was a time in it. Look, our ancestors could have gone for more than a year if need be. But often there were splurges of, oh, blueberries are here, or oh, there's a honey patch, or whatever it was. So again, I love, and this is why I like the way Mark kind of lives it, which is like kind of keto, in and out, find your own, you know, flexibility. When we stick too hard to one thing, I don't know, it's just not necessarily mimicking nature either. But again, our ancestors definitely lived a very low carb paradigm, but you don't have to be zero carb paradigm Mm-hmm. to benefit. Mm-hmm. I definitely find that men do better on keto for longer term. Uh, so do younger people. And I'll tell you, so this is what else comes into play, L is as women age. So when we hit our mid thirties is usually about the time when progesterone starts to drop in women. Now progesterone is a lovely metabolic hormone. We all want it. Trust me. It helps with your sex drive. It helps with um, actually burning fat. It's very metabolic. It helps to counteract the effects of too much estrogen, which we have a lot of estrogen in our environment right now. So progesterone starts to go down. Now, progesterone, you need it to make cortisol, your stress hormone. So as we age, what you how you deal with stress inside your body is so important more important than any other time in your life because as your progesterone and estrogen start to drop 
And if you have really high cortisol, well, your adrenal system takes over your ovaries to produce what little amount of progesterone and estrogen you need to start to make and to, to live the rest of your life out. So if your adrenals are stressed and you're having to pump out cortisol all the time, A, that's sapping your progesterone and it's not allowing the adrenals to produce the estrogen and progesterone that your body still needs. This is a classic reason why some women go through really severe perimenopause compared to others. It's their stress levels. So when you look at this from the really big picture, A, we're getting, that's when we have the hardest time losing weight. So this is when we we have a lot of weight loss resistance. I see women between ages of 35 and probably about 55, 60, that cannot lose weight no matter what they're doing because of their hormones. So going on to a very restrictive diet um, in the beginning can work, but over time, this is considered a stressor on your body. Fasting is considered a stressor on your body. So when what you're seeing right now is these people, so many women that are in this keto fasting craze and they're, they're, eating, you know, one to two meals a day, their calorie intakes around 700 calories. This is lowering their metabolism. It is stressing their body out and it is messing with their hormones. That's too low. The calories, 700 is a little bit too low. It's not to say you can't have a day here and there, but if that's your regular paradigm, that is sending the wrong message that then is sending a cascade of what you're talking about. And again, I think um, this just goes to a lot of people half-assing keto. Yes. Yeah. Or, and, or holding onto it too tight. Right. Yes. Like it's like a religion to people. They're like, yeah, don't, how dare you go over 20 grams of carbohydrates? (laughs) No. And the longer you put your body in that state, the harder it is to get out of it. So that when you start to put back in carbohydrates, your body will pack on weight so freaking fast. And so you want to get metabolic flexibility as soon as possible. So you want to utilize fat. Like I love fasting. I love the keto diet. I think it's great for insulin resistance, inflammation, all of these amazing things. So utilize it as a tool to heal your system. But as quickly as possible, what you want to aim for is metabolic flexibility. You want to be able to eat the carbs. You want to be able to sit down and eat a plate of potatoes with a side of fruit (laughs) and not pack on five pounds overnight. And so it's about doing what I call diet. It's like diet variation, um, but in a primal way. You know, so you're still sticking with those paleo primal based foods. It also getting the advantages of, you know, of going lower carb, going lower calorie on some days. Like you do, that is how your body will lose weight. You want to utilize a calorie deficit diet to, to burn up fat stores. But then you want to signal to your body, hey, let's eat a bunch of carbs. Let the body know that, hey, there's lots of food around. We're not starving. We're not stressed feed the adrenals, feed the thyroid, feed the metabolism, period. And then go back into that fasting state. Yeah, I like I, I, I love this philosophy. It's the one that I have for myself and in general, unless there's some strict traumatic brain injury or someone's doing very well with yes. having, of course, we're, yes. we're not saying that there aren't people that need that. Um, so like, you know, in asking you this question, like, okay, hey, what, what can a woman do if she feels she has a hormonal imbalance? I know both of you and I would say the following, and then I'll have you pick it up. I know we would both say, first of all, get your shit together with diet. <laughs> number <Yeah>. one. Yep. <laughs> number two. Has to happen. Right. Yeah. Number two, if if things don't get better in six weeks and or eight weeks, then yeah, or even in general, you test the thyroid because if that's not working right, right, then there's something to look at there. So aside from that though, okay, let's say someone's cleaned out their diet, their thyroid looks really great. And by our standards, not by some <laughs> dumb uninformed doctor standards, but by the correct standards, if someone's doing well there, now what? So once again, what I see happen all the time is women just constantly turning to their diet to fix their weight problems. So if keto stops working, then they're going to veganism, then they're going to paleo, then they're going to fasting, then they're going to Atkins because they still can't lose weight or they're messing with their caloric intake. And I say the same thing to these women, which is it doesn't matter what you do. 
with your diet or your caloric intake, you will not lose weight if you haven't already, period. Like that you just won't. And you still want to eat well, because if you don't, you're going to gain weight because you're very susceptible to it. Right? Well, and also then if, you, if you're like, nothing I do is working, and then you restrict calories, now you're fueling that fire that you don't want to yeah. fuel. Yes. Yeah. So I always tell them, like, quit looking to your diet. If your diet's clean and you're eating a paleo-based diet and you've figured out if any foods, you know, make you inflamed, like there's definitely something to finding your perfect diet. So cycling, if you're caloric, uh, carb cycling, you're going in and out of keto, fantastic, and you're not losing weight, we've got ourselves a problem. And the number one cause of weight loss resistance is hormones. So you ha- that is the first place you always have to look. And as you age, there's not much you can do as far as like you can, of course, change your diet. Like I said before about stress, you want to f- uh, fix your lifestyle so that you're not overly stressed out. All of those things have to be the base of this. But past that, you can take all the supplements in the world. It doesn't bring back your hormones when you're, when you're at a certain age. Hi, have you met me? Because <laughs> Karen and I talk about this offline all the time because we're both over 40. Um, I went through and had to biohack this. And um, I will say this. So if you're out there and you're a woman and you're having a symptom, that is the following, which is like, right as you approach ovulation. So normally our cycles are 28, 29 days, something like that. Let's say you're approaching day 14. And from 14 until the end of the month, you gain like an extra 10 pounds, feel bloated and fat and nothing you do works. And it's not your thyroid dose. And it's not this. That is a hormonal thing that nothing will fix, but the optimization of that said thing. Yes, exactly. And everybody gets this like every you can't you're not some people some women will cruise through it no problem but if you're somebody you're listening to this you're probably struggling which means you have to look at your hormones and everyone says well my doctor tells me my hormones are fine well ask Elle how how does she feel about what your doctor has to say about your thyroid (laughs) (laughs) it's not good your doctor will look at a they'll look at your blood work which will will show what uh bound hormone levels are but they just they randomly just test them so if you go and you say can you test my hormones for me i think i have a problem a if you're under the age of 45 probably even under the age of 50 your doctor will say no you have no hormone problems because you're not in perimenopause well you can tell your doctor that it can actually start as early as 30 years old if i've even talked to women that happened in their 20s but that's not common, but in our 30s, it definitely starts to deplete. So you can look at your hormones, your doctor will just randomly test them. And our hormones fluctuate drastically throughout the month. So you want to be you want to test them on certain days. And the blood work will only show you bound levels of hormones. Now, if you test saliva, you'll get bioavailable hormone levels, which is what's available for your body to use. You can also do urine testing. Now, saliva and urine testing can only be done through a naturopathic or functional medicine practitioner or someone like myself who sells the hormone kit stuff. That is far more accurate But once you get those results, and Elle and I have talked about this lots before ourselves, each one of us is very different, very different. I was just telling Elle before we got on, I have been toying with my own progesterone uh, intake of bioidentical cream for about four months now, and I realized I needed a much higher dose than I realized in order to combat my migraines. I had horrible menstrual migraines, so I was having to take progesterone. I am having to take progesterone on days that normally most women wouldn't. And I'm also having to take higher levels and split my levels, which before I wasn't doing. And so it's really about Tate, like you really need to biohack it. You need to figure out what your dose is and you need to work with somebody that understands what they're doing with your hormones, which normally nine out of 10 will not be your medical doctor. Yes. And I'm so glad you brought this up that you have to take a higher dose. This goes to every thyroid discussion we've had or anything else, which is we were talking before this podcast. 
You can test this stuff. That's good. But that still doesn't say your receptor sensitivity and what's really going on. You might need way more than someone and it might look off on a lab, just like with thyroid, you know, and a doctor's like, oh, that, you're, you're on too much. Not for Susie. Susie's on, that's the right dose for her. Granted, you check other things, diagnostics, temps, right? There's so many other things to go, are they overstimulated or do they just need more to get the job done? And so that's why... <laughs> I told you I had a conversation with Dr. Forsman and he said, this is very intellectually dissatisfying because you can have a woman with low testosterone who has a high sex drive and a woman with high testosterone who doesn't and needs testosterone to in order to get a higher sex drive or whatever. So it's individual and unfortunately... That's why you do need what Karen said, working with a doctor who understands that you're going to like likely be at home toying with these different levels and feeling it out. I had to do the same thing with progesterone. Um, and then, you know, we talked earlier, I started taking testosterone. Sometimes people in perimenopause, that's all they need. They start with testosterone. Some women, they just need progesterone. It doesn't, you know, it, it's really individual. I started with progesterone because of the day 14 through 28 awful weight gain. And by the way, I was crying all the time at the dumbest stuff. Like, wasn't even sad stuff, guys. It was like, <laughs> it was like nostalgia or like even a happy memory. And then I'd be bawling my eyes out. And I was like, okay, that's not normal. I'm in perimenopause. Something has to happen here. I first tinkered with progesterone. It went well. But then I thought, hmm, some of the emotional stuff and lean body mass was not working out. And I know my diet. I know my thyroid. I know I, I'm very active. And that's what led me to go, you know what? I think I might need testosterone. Perhaps that might have been my only problem. I'm not sure. Let me hack it. Again, a personal thing you work with your doctor to hack this. Yep. And so I did testosterone and progesterone for, for one month. And I realized, you know what? I started to get a little bloated with the progesterone. And I thought, okay, maybe all I did need was the testosterone. Let's take the progesterone out and try a few cycles with just testosterone. And I told you that that went very well. Now, that's not to say in a couple of cycles from now, I might not take out the progesterone to see if I'm having those kind of symptoms that are PMS, yucky symptoms, that I might need to add a little bit. But I was telling Karen I was only doing like an eraser size of the cream, which maybe a quarter teaspoon might be one half of a daily dose for some people if you're doing it twice a day. So again, we don't know what's right for you. And unfortunately, this stuff is, it has to be biohacked. And I was telling Karen, we've talked with many women who have gone through menopause and had to take all three, right? Testosterone, estrogen, progesterone. And all of these women that I've spoken to have told me that it took a minute for them to figure out what was right for them. And that's why you can have a woman at the same age with the same levels of hormones who's suffering and the other person is not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we had, from once again, from an ancestral perspective, you have to understand that as we age and we, we are unable to produce children anymore, we can't grow babies inside of us, your body says, well, you're no good to me anymore. Let's kill you off. Because that's what you had to do. You were you weren't beneficial to the tribe anymore because you couldn't <laughs> it's, produce. It's brutal, but it's true. It's so true. And and this is what happens on the inside of your body. Hormones drop, and your body starts to die. And if you replace the hormones, you can combat everything from osteoporosis, heart disease, and this is. We won't get into the the science behind all of this, but. You can look this up uh, and you can find all the information you need, which is that bioidentical hormones can stop you from getting all of the worst chronic issues that kill women from heart disease, diabetes, Alzheimer's, dementia, all of them have a hormone component to them which means when you're lacking, and even estradiol, there's a lot of new information coming out about actually how the lack of estradiol, estrogen, when we age, when we're over 50 and we stop menstruating, is actually contributing to breast cancer, which they used to think, and they, many, probably 90% of doctors still say that estrogen is the cause of breast cancer. Well, if you start to actually look at the research and look at what's actually coming out right now, there's a leading oncologist actually in the States who deals strictly with breast cancer, and he's using high amounts of estrogen, bio, uh, not even bioidentical. He's using Premarin. Yikes, to, that's like horse that's, urine. Or it's, it's, yeah, it's very, I was like, what? When I heard this, but he's having amazing success with treating breast cancer with Premarin. 
Now, I don't say I don't tell anyone to rush out and put themselves on Premarin because I, I think you can do bioidentical estradiol, <laughs> and you want to always counteract that with progesterone. But it's safe to say though that estrogen is not the devil that people think it is. It's just that we have a lot of estrogen in our environment. And if you're overweight, you're going to be producing a lot of estrogen already in your body because fat cells produce estrogen. So once again, this kind of shows you guys that it is to each person. But if you stop menstruating, it means your estrogen's low, which means then you should start supplementing with bioidentical estrogen. Um, your vagina, let's just talk about the vagina right now, Al. I mean, as we age, A, our vagina atrophies. <laughs> it dries up and it atrophies. Why? Because we start to lower the, uh, that's estrogen. And it's a type of estrogen called estriol. Now, estriol is very uh, breast protective. It's, we can, you can use it in order to help lubricate your vagina. It's, you want that. You want that in order to have, keep having sex throughout your life. And so it's all of these things are very key to aging gracefully. Yes. Let me jump in on, on that conversation. So, um, Women I know who have gone through menopause, quote unquote, naturally by like doing nothing. Okay. I have known women who've done it and they've gone to a acupuncturist and that helps with hot flashes and symptoms. However, those women are very dried up and wrinkled. Okay. Every single one of them <laughs> I've seen very dried up and wrinkled. And then I've talked to women who are of that age and they're like, oh yeah, I didn't do any hormone replacement. I'm like, how's your sex drive? They're like, eh. Okay, that sucks. The second question is like, well, what about wetness down there? They're like, oh yeah, every day I've got to shoot some, you know, vitamin E natural pill up my hoo-ha to have it be moisture ready. I'm like, I don't want that until the very end. That shouldn't be, for me, my personal choice is no. Um, when I hit 50 or above, I'm going to want to keep that chain of natural wetness and red readily available and high sex drive as long as I can. Now, what I did notice when I started, so for testosterone for women, you know, men take doses like 40 to 60 plus milligrams. Women, it's between, you know, one and four milligrams. I started with one milligram cream just on my thigh, had nothing, no wetness problems. I had no um, sex drive issues. My issue was lean muscle mass and the emotional state. I noticed the difference right away. The emotions within three days of taking testosterone, I could not weep about dumb stuff anymore. I can, I could tear up at a nice Hallmark movie in a moment, but I wouldn't then like cry my eyes out over it. Like, I'm just getting like ridiculous. Like I'm watching a Christmas Hallmark movie. Come on. You know what I mean? Um, so it's not that I was devoid of any emotion. I'm suddenly became some robot. It was that I was like, oh my gosh. And the mental energy and my physical endurance and, um, within, within the first two months, I absolutely noticed the difference in lean muscle mass, weight loss and mental energy. And again, it wasn't thyroid related. It's because I'm in perimenopause because I'm in my forties. And so again, these can't be denied. You have to look into this. And like you said, you know, it's just very protective to do this. Yeah. Testosterone is very heart protective. It's the number one hormone to prevent heart attacks as well. They're using it now in, for people with Alzheimer's. I can see that because of the mental clarity. Yeah. I mean, this is what makes you know, women headstrong, I probably already was a higher testosterone female in general based on my personality throughout life. But then when it started to wean, my first symptoms were the lean lack of lean muscle mass, despite, you know, weightlifting. And now what I did notice aside from those things, when I took it was, I never had a problem with moisture down there in any capacity, like never needed lube or anything like that. But I did notice that things did become even wetter, almost just more youthful in that way. Um, it Not like, oh my God, I've got to change my underwear five times a day. But I mean, still, I, I noticed a little bit of that. And that was just with one milligram yeah. of cream every day. These things can be game-changing. Game-changing. I noticed yeah. the difference in my skin. Um, some of the sagging, like some of the things you get when you're <laughs> when you're older and you start to get these hormones depleted is like, under the chin, I there's sort of like crepey whatever's happening. And yeah. that has kind of tightened up. Yes. It has tightened up. I look younger, guys, and yeah. I've only been doing it for a few months, and it's at a very low dose. So there's lots of hacks to this. And one of my friends did it because she was having it, trouble sleeping. Back to what you said. Yeah. 
Let's talk about the stress of lack of sleep when these hormones got a whack and then what the lack of sleep is going to do to you, right? Yes. Yeah. Estrogen starts to plummet and then you're having night sweats, all night, which I was getting those too. Right before my period, I'd go for a week with just like drenching my sheets. And as soon as I got on progesterone cream, that disappeared. Um, progesterone itself reacts on the GABA receptors of your brain, which help to calm you down and help you to sleep. So the insomnia that comes with aging can be rectified by going on bioidentical progesterone cream. And for some women, like I said, if you're not menstruating anymore, then to put in some estrogens as well is key. What else do we have to say on this topic? I know we we can talk also about, you know, repairing the damage from the low carb and some of the hormonal balances. Obviously, I guess we would say cycle back in carbs, you know, my gosh, you don't need to be below 50 every day unless there's some health issue. Mm-hmm. Um, a way for women, because I think we're really talking to women here today with all of our vagina talk and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, women can actually do a lot around their cycle, which I love to do. I find it's very easy for me to fast longer when I, once I get my period and for that first week to two weeks, I find I can do longer fasts and I can do more of them and then, and I can go lower carb. And then the second half of my cycle, I find, and this is for all good reason, ladies, because your estrogen drops, your hormones drop, your serotonin drops right before your period. And so what makes serotonin? Carbohydrates. And so there's a reason why your body starts to call out for more carbohydrates and chocolates and sweets and things like that. So you listen to that and feed that because that's telling your body's telling you something. Now you don't have to go out and eat McDonald's, but going out and, and making sure that you, those are your higher carb days or when you're going to carb up more often than not, maybe those aren't days that you're going to fast. I cannot fast on those days. I make it to like 9am and I'm like, Oh, I'm so hungry. You know, but if I have my period, I can go till one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon without eating and feel totally fine. And this is your insulin changes throughout the month, your estrogen, your progesterone. And so tuning into that can be a great start. Now, if you've gone low carb and you've been fasting for a long time and you're like, Karen, I eat a carb and I put on 20 pounds, then you need to go very slowly. And I mean, like, you know, start with a sweet potato at dinner time every few days. And you literally have to just start adding more in over time because your body is overly sensitive to them. And you need to change that. You need to get it so that you can eat a bowl of ice cream on, you know, when you go out for dinner or something, or you, 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 you have those days where you're eating the sweet potato, the fruits and stuff, and it doesn't do anything to your weight. If anything, it makes you lose weight because you're signaling to the body that you're raising metabolism. When you eat, your body raises metabolism. So you have to remember that there is a fine balance and each one of us is once again, very unique and you're going to have to figure out what that does for you. But my advice to everyone is get into diet variation, get into carb cycling, go in and out from paleo to keto, from paleo, go back and forth between those two and your body will thank you for it. I feel so much better when I'm that way. And as well, something I'm going to say, and I know you agree with me too, and I could say it a hundred more times, stop sticking to a regimen of fasting. If your body's telling you to eat, there are random moments. Yes. Like I am not a morning eater. I don't like it. Uh, but there are times when it's called for. There's times when I do it medicinally, even when I'm not hungry, but I know what my day is going to be like. And I'm like, you know what, let me, let me just eat a little something here because I'm going to buffer this experience. Um, yeah. But also too, even though I am an intermittent faster almost every day, there are moments if I'm whatever, I like I wake up at you know, four in the morning for some reason, because like there's a peacock crying outside my window, <laughs> which just happened. <laughs> um, and then I'm like, wow. And by the time it's 10 o'clock, I'm craving some sausage. Well, you know what? I don't say to myself, I'm a person that doesn't eat till 12 or one or two. I say, exactly. my body's telling me to eat right now. So we have to honor that. And that's again, getting back to being intuitive about this. And that's with the cycling. And Yeah, I think it's important when you're starting to crave those carbs in the second half, and I would agree with you that that's my experience as well, um, that in the first half of the month, what you're saying was a lot is a lot easier and smoother. And then you do start to have these cravings. It doesn't mean you need to go insane with it, but start to add it in. 
Again, back to flexibility yeah. as much as we can. And of course, the general rule of thumb, I don't think Karen and I would ever suggest that anyone have over 150 grams of carbohydrates every day no. if you're a small female. I mean, we're still talking a low-carb paradigm, but that could be yeah. going between 120 and 50 or between 50 and 110 It just or below yeah. that and above. Cycle it. Just it. Cycle it. Cycle yeah. it. Cycle it. I, so I switched over. I have a membership group for women that have hormone imbalance and are suffering from weight loss resistance. And I used to offer the choice of paleo, keto, and autoimmune paleo. And I switched it last year to what I call the hormone and metabolic reboot meal plan. And this is exactly everything we've talked about. It's all of what I learned kind of compiled into one where I carb cycle. So I I give the ladies a meal plan every week and each meal plan is completely different as far as macros go and as far as calorie counting goes. So one day it might go down to five to 10 grams of carbs and you might just have one or two meals that day and you might fast. But then the next day I'll go all the way up to 80 or 100. And and the calories go up to 1800. So I cycle it for them. And so that they can look at the meal plan and be like, okay, great. I'm going to fast twice this week till 12 o'clock. Um, and then one of the days I'm going to fast till dinner time. And so I, I keep the body guessing and that is key. You have to keep the body guessing. Your body will always adapt to what you're doing. Your metabolism will adapt to it. So if you're too low carb, too low calorie, your metabolism will slow and adapt to that, but you keep it guessing and you still utilize fasting and low calorie to burn fat, then you'll get that metabolic flexibility over time. And tie that in with hormone balancing. And it is like the magic sauce for weight loss for women. It really is. I know you've done so much work in this area and worked with so many people. I'm so I'm so glad you changed yes. that. That's such a great meal plan. And you can go to karenmartel.com um, right directly to access these things if you need help. Yeah. Yes. And you can take, actually, I have a hormone quiz right on the front page at karenmartel.com. And it says, take the hormone quiz to find out what hormones are stopping you from losing weight. And it's a great, it's actually a very comprehensive hormone quiz. Now it's just a quiz, but it's a really great place to start to get an idea of maybe what is your worst hormone imbalance that's kind of happening right now. And then what you can do about it, of course. And you can listen to my podcast, The Other Side of Weight Loss. And I've got so much information on that that's been going for a while now. So you can look at, there's tons on thyroid and hormone replacement and weight loss and everything in between. What are some other scenarios uh, that we can talk about in this arena? I mean, you know, what's interesting is that I, I hate to tell you ladies out there, but this is really all on you, you know? I mean, this goes back mm -hmm. to even the thyroid stuff, right? You have to educate yourself because likely doctors yeah. aren't going to know what's up. They don't. They don't. Or you're going to need to help them help you. Um, yes. And if you show that you're compliant and on top of it and have done your research, they're more willing to experiment or, quote, practice medicine with you and let you maybe try some things out and biohack yeah. some of these things, right? What are some other thoughts or some stories, you know, some success stories that you've uh, dealt with in terms of this hormonal imbalance coming into play? Yeah, I think that that's a very good point because I think that is every woman's biggest uh, roadblock is their doctor because they count on their doctor to help them with their hormones. And doctors are not taught anything about hormones. Even endocrinologists are just, I just had a woman in my group who went to a menopause, women's menopause clinic and they wanted to put her on synthetic hormone replacement therapy and said, no, we don't do bioidentical. They're not really re that regulated. And she just looked at them like, are you kidding me? You're a menopause clinic. And she walked out the door. You can't count on your doctor to be the person to help you. Oh, I always say try. Try first of all. Like I had a woman that I worked with the other day. She was point one away from being flagged on her thyroid or T3, T4, and TSH, 0.1 away from being out of range, flagged, too low. So she, I said, go in, talk to your doctor about it. Say, you know, look at how close I am. Could we maybe just see? And, and she had horrible body temperature. So she was very clearly, she had all the symptoms of hypothyroidism. I said, go in, talk to your doctor. The doctor was like, no, you're fine. You're in range. You're totally fine. I'm not going to give you anything for it, blah, blah, blah. And she just looked at her and she said, listen, 
you need to help me. I'm point one away. So why are you waiting until I'm flagged before you can help me? I cannot lose weight. I feel horrible. I'm tired. If you can't help me, I'm going to go find someone that can. And the doctor went, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Let me see. I'm going to talk to an endocrinologist. Let me, let me think about it. Let me just look into this a little bit more and then I'll see what I can do. Just give me a chance. And she said, Karen, I'm not, I'm going to go see a functional medicine practitioner. And I said, okay, well, when you, when you find somebody and I tell everybody this, interview them, say, Hey, what's your take on bioidentical hormones? Will you prescribe desiccated thyroid? Are you okay with high amounts of T3 only hormone therapy? Like ask them questions, make sure that they are okay with those things. Cause just cause they're a functional medicine practitioner doesn't mean that they are. So yeah, interview and on, them. Yeah, and on that note, in my free thyroid guide on my website, I have a list of questions that you can do to, like, you can call up an office and ask them these questions, the nurse practitioner, like, do you test reverse G3, like some of the questions you just asked, and to try to suss out if they're even somewhere you're going to waste that copay on. This was my problem back in the day. I'd waste all my copays and spend all this money I didn't have on these dummy doctors and waste time driving there and everything else to find out they didn't know Jack. Now, that's not to say that you to call up that office and you ask them all that question, questions, they give you the quote right answers. You could still go there and have them be a dummy. What I love about your story that you just told is that someone's doctor was like, let me go call an endocrinologist. You know what? <laughs> F you, you got an MD. Yeah. How about you go figure it out yourself? And also, if you were just presented with something that you may not know, get on it. That's just a doctor that's so below the par on being informed. You have the smart move of that client to say, you know yeah. what, I'm just going to go find a functional doctor. Now, not all functional doctors are equal as well. I have sat on no. panels with some functional doctors who have said some crazy shit about yeah. thyroid in front of my face. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just like sitting there and I'm like, Wow. You know, um, so again, we've got to do our own research. It's out there. I know Karen has a ton of great podcasts on it. Obviously, my book and others and so many other podcasts that are out there and with functional doctors and you want a truly integrative functional MD. That's really the ideal is to get that not somebody who just hangs integrative shingle above their door, you know, like look at their training. Where is it at? How many years of experience do they have there? And and if worth the money, if you, yeah. And if you can't afford it, because I understand when you some functional medicine practitioners, you go in and you're dropping well over a thousand dollars, sometimes two thousand dollars, just to get started. And so I don't expect everybody to be able to do that. But there's so many ways nowadays to still help yourself. Like you do not have to go through perimenopause and menopause suffering. So really understand that, get that through your head. You do not have to suffer. And if you don't have the money to go and get that extra help and to pay for it out of pocket, then there's still so much that you can do. You know, whether it, I, I sell hormone kits that you can take it in the comforts of your own home. They'll test your thyroid, your estrogen, your testosterone, your cortisol. And that's in the comforts of your own home. I've had many people that have done that test and then taken it to their doctor because their doctor had refused to test them and said, here, now can you look, now will you test my thyroid? Because now look at what this test says about my thyroid. And they'll get, and then they'll get them tested for it. But there, and then, or take it in and be like, okay, do you see here that my progesterone's really low? Can you please prescribe me bioidentical progesterone now? And then the doctor will. So there are ways that don't need to cost a fortune that you can still do it. Even if it's by, um, you guys in the United States can actually buy progesterone right off the shelf. So yep. if you have to take matters into your own hands, then you, you can take it. I sell progesterone on my website. You can take it and you can start biohacking like Ellen and I have been and just try and figure out, okay, what does my body need? Start at the lowest dose possible and work your way from there. You can get DHEA down there. So there's so much that you can do. I mean, my program, and I'll toot my own horn here, but my program is all teaches you all about how to navigate this on your own and how to navigate with your physician. So there's, there are options is my point. And there's, I'm sure there's other options out there. If, if I don't float your boat, there's other options that are affordable ways to learn. Go get yourself a book about hormone and bioidentical therapy. There's great ones out there. So all of these things can 
help you to take matters into your own hands, basically. Yeah, and I think that that's really important. And I will I will toot your horn as well. Or again, this is where a coach could come into play or where, for example, some of my thyroid clients come into play, just like with you, where, look, you get the test because the doctors won't take them because you might need to go to a few doctors with those tests, right? So get the information and then you can call a person like me or in, on this topic, you know, that we're talking about now, call someone like Karen and get educated and learn what it all means. At least you, you, you're you wrapping your head around it so that you can go forward to try to find the right doctor and possibly work with one if if that is your trajectory. But most of the time, people just want to go to a doctor and say, please fix me. It's really better that you get tested and understand it first, almost, yeah. if you can't yeah. hit the right doctor. Because no West, no regular doctor on most insurance plans is going to do anything. They are not going to check any of this stuff. Um, no. If you can get them to, that's great. But again, sometimes it's nice to be armed with the information, learn what mm -hmm. it means, then you can go out. And, and find your answers with a medical doctor if you need to or biohack it yourself. Testosterone is the only thing that cannot be bought off the shelf because that does have to be, um, for women anyway, it has to be compounded um, at a pharmacy for the cream yeah. and stuff. So you would need a doctor to do that for you. But at least you could assess and sort of see what you may or may not need. Inf education is so important here. And I know yeah. it's not sounding fun because people are like, I don't want to do the work. I just want someone to fix me. <laughs> but Karen and I have both... Our stories are both such that we're proof that that is the longest route. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've had to completely navigate every every little bit of my hormone health I've had to do on my own. And I'm just grateful that I know so much about it and that I'm a research junkie. So I get I go out and learn all the information so that I can teach it to everybody else. But you really can't count on your doctor actually has to go and take like extracurricular training on top of their medical training to even learn about bioidentical hormones. So most of them, like you're, they're not taught this in, in medical school. So they have to have gone out and done that, which very few will take the time to go do that. So important. And also you, you do really, every, everyone go to her website, karenmartel.com. You have comprehensive food plans like you just detailed too. I love the cycling one. That is, that's great. That's just such a winner for yeah. everybody. And even my keto my keto meal plan, I have like a weekly keto meal plan and paleo, but the keto one, I now put every Sunday a carb up day and it's optional, but I'm like, I have to put that in there because of what I know. And so I tell everybody when they buy the keto plan, I'm like, just, you know, the Sunday, cause people will be like, what, what is this? What is the strawberry doing in here? You know, or whatever <laughs> it is. And they just, I've had so many emails. I'm like, did you read the part where it says Sundays are an optional carb up day? You don't have to eat the strawberries. But yes, I even put them in there. So it's good. And on another note too. So in talking about keto or high fat diets as well, you know, I was even talking with Keith and Michelle Norris of Paleo FX. You know, everyone gets in the paleo thing. We're like, oh, saturated fat. It's all good. It's, you know, but here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with saturated fat. However, sometimes when people go keto or they go low-carb paleo, they do a lot more saturated fat and stop paying attention to things like olive oil and avocado oil. And also, too, I've done genetic testing that said, you know, actually you have a low tolerance for saturated fat. Oh, okay, interesting. Now, that's just one piece of information, but it led me to go, yeah, you know what? I've been doing too much coconut, too much just, you know, saturated. I need to be doing more olive oil, more avocado. You know, these are just little things that I'm not saying you have to go out and do genetic testing, but there are certain things and tests out there or food sensitivity tests, etc. So there's so many tests and ways to look at all of these things. I know it sounds like a lot to the listeners, but it's worth it if you are still struggling. Um, after you've done all of the basics, you might need to go a little bit deeper and there might be something that informs you there that you would never have thought. And that has happened to me myself. I don't know about you. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I, I've taken a long time to figure out what my body likes and what my body doesn't like. And a lot of women will say, well, I can't, I don't know what my body wants. I'm not intuitive. I'm way off the mark and that's okay. But start somewhere, just start listening, start 
tuning into what your body likes and does don't like you can track it there's an awesome tracker that we use actually in my membership program called heads up health i don't know if you've interviewed that guy for primal blueprint yet l but he's awesome i had him on my podcast dave kersunsky so heads up health is an app that anybody can join and you put you put all of your health data into one place into one dashboard but he also inside that dashboard you can also track your blood glucose you can track your temperature you can track your hormones, you can track your ketones, and you can put everything in and then see the graph over time. So if you make a tweak, let's say you add in some progesterone, well, then I noticed that my my morning blood glucose went down after a couple of months of using progesterone. Well, progesterone is known to help with blood glucose levels. So that helped. And it also helped with my blunting the cortisol. My cortisol was coming too high in the morning, but just tracking that, I could see, okay, here's what I did at that time, and then now look at my markers a couple months later, and you can see what it's done. So Heads Up Health is a great thing to utilize. Um, I'm sure there's other ones like that, but just looking at your own lab work and getting your own lab work done, um, going into your doctor. I always go into my doctor now. I'm like, okay, give me, I want this, this, and this tested. She's just like, yeah, okay. (laughs) It's like, well, I pay her. So you know what? Do it. That's right. You're interviewing these people. They're working for you. And sometimes it does take a little bit of extra forceful. um, It does just take some forceful speaking up to get them to test the stuff that you want. I have had too many of these conversations over the years with doctors. <laughs> but and it, it's look, it's not fun when you're when you're weak or you're emotional or you're having issues and a doctor's like, whatever, we don't need to test that. And they just discount you and patronize you. Look, it sucks. But guess what? This is you speak up, you got to speak up. Um, and you know what, if it doesn't go well, you don't have to see that doctor again. <laughs> just, yeah. just walk on. right out. Yeah, just move on. Um, but um, no, I, thank you so much for all your work too. You've done so many great podcasts as well um, on so many different issues and love all of your food plans. And I will also probably shoot out in my next newsletter some of your new new food plans. What else would you like to leave our audience with on this topic? That don't, don't keep looking to your diet if you're having problems losing weight and you're eating well. I think that that's the pro- Sorry if you can hear my dog in the background, Elle. She's growling. talking to me right now. <laughs> She's like growling at me. She's like, let me out, mom. Um, but you really, you have to, you have to look at your hormone health in order to successfully lose weight and age well. So don't ignore it. Um, use the diet variation and you're going to see the results. I know you will, because I've seen it happen with hundreds of women now. Yeah. And you can just look up Karen and I, and I'm going to give a shout out to ourselves. We look awesome. We look so much younger than we are. So, <laughs> so yeah. not that you should listen to everything we say, but We've you know, you should pay attention. Vaginas. We've got good breasts. <laughs> We've got great skin. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us again. For everyone that's curious, the previous episode where she really we really talked about our series uh, journeys, especially hers, is episode 253. And then again, com or on Instagram, Karen Martell Nutrition. And also, we can go to YouTube, right? And just type in your name and a ton of uh, video interviews will come up as well, right? Yeah, yep, exactly. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us and we will see everyone next week. Thanks for having me, Elle. Hey, Primal Blueprint listeners. No dairy in your life? No problem. Primal Kitchen has you covered because our no dairy vodka sauce is made with avocado oil and organic cashew butter so you can ditch the dairy and keep the decadent taste you love. Made without gluten, soy, canola oil, or artificial ingredients, this vegan plant-based sauce is paleo certified. Visit us at primalkitchen.com for more real food options, from dairy-free Alfredo sauce to tomato basil marinara and a whole host of other delicious products the entire family will love.